0: Hey friends welcome back to another episode of in no hurry I am your host Cole Douglas Claiborne so happy to be back with you guys for another episode this week and guys we made it it's Christmas week we're nearing the end of 2020 somehow we made it through this year I haven't quite decided yet if this is either the longest year or the shortest year yet there are parts of this year that Feels like they just happened but also at the same time it feels like it is a super long year but guys we have a great show for you this week my wife emily and i are celebrating our third wedding anniversary and just like we did last year i brought her onto the show for us to kind of reflect on the past year of our marriage and really just kind of the past year of our life a lot has happened I think for everybody, but especially us, and we just wanted to take some time to reflect on it and talk about the ways in which we saw God working in our lives and really in the world, despite all the hardships that we faced here in 2020. My wife is incredibly smart. She is a therapist and deals a lot with couples and relationships, and so I'm really excited for you to hear her perspective on some of the things that couples struggled with the most in 2020 with the pandemic, but also ways in which we can grow and learn from that as we look into 2021. But this really was such a vulnerable conversation from both of us. And I'm just really excited for you guys to hear this and to hear from my lovely wife. So here's my conversation with my wife, Emily Claiborne.
1: Okay, hey guys, welcome back to the In No Hurry podcast. Um, we have a new guest this week, the one and only Cole Claiborne. Cole, thank you so much for joining us today. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast.
0: Man, it is nice to hear somebody else do that. I wouldn't even say that I'm the guest though, because I'm honored to be joined by you, my wife.
1: But I think we all know who the guest in the house really is. What do you mean? Um, we all know it's my house and you're just living in it.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> Emily did, Emily did, uh, clean, clean the, the whole house, house today. for four
1: days. For four days. For four hours. For
0: four hours, <laughs> which maybe felt like <laughs> felt four like days. Felt like four days. Also did the laundry today. We're getting yeah. ready for guests for, uh, possibly guests for
1: mm-hmm.
0: Christmas. Then we have some friends coming as well. But anyway, guys, we are celebrating three years of marriage this week on December 23rd which is awesome. And last year, Emily and I talked on the podcast about our first couple years of marriage and kind of what we learned in those couple years. But um, obviously, 2020 has been a crazy year in and of itself. And it's been big for our marriage. We feel like we've gotten closer and we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit. But when you think about three years of marriage, Emily, what are just some emotions that come to mind?
1: I don't know. I feel like that feels like a such a more significant number than two. I don't know if you feel like that. Uh, It's just one more year. But it feels like three years. It feels like you're a much more established couple. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, we've been together longer than three years. We dated and we're engaged for two years before we got married. So we've been together about five and a half. But I feel like we're no longer in the newlywed stage. And I feel I feel like people kind of ask you that for a long time, like, oh, you know, how's married life? I feel like we're finally beyond that point, <laughs> kind of settled into our routines um, settled into who we are as a couple and who we are as a family. And, um, I don't know, I think year three has been pretty eventful.
0: Yeah. We've had a lot of changes in our life since the last time that you were on the podcast. So we can get into all of those here in a little bit, but, um, what was it like just for, from your perspective, when you look back at 2020, really kind of starting at the beginning of the pandemic to where we're at now, kind of entering into a new year What were some things that maybe you were grateful, I guess we can start with that. What are some things that you were grateful for, just in terms of our marriage and our relationship? Because I know that we talked about this a lot, and Mm -hmm. I've written about this, but what are some things that you are grateful for uh, that we had with each other during this time?
1: Well, I think it certainly makes sense to to note how difficult this year's been, just universally. Um, And that plays an impact in every relationship, including ours, I think that the pandemic and the time that we have spent together has been the time that we have spent the most together in our entire relationship. So that's a true test of any relationship, just getting into a global pandemic and having to quarantine with somebody. So if you really want to test <laughs> the fidelity and the strength of your relationship, just, you know, go through a global pandemic. But I think we have come out stronger on the other side of that for sure. Um I think there has been quite a lot of blessings in that, Um, not just the time, the quality time that we have spent together and the amount of time that we've had to talk and just be creative with our time and, our resources and everything like that, especially during the times when we haven't really even been able to go somewhere, because I feel like for our relationship, that's such a big part of our marriage. And even our dating relationship was like traveling together and going to concerts together and having things to look forward together. And we haven't really had events to look forward to like we normally do. But, um, you know, I mean, you and I have been talking about this like all year because we've been together all year, but, um, you know, I think, We have seen so many blessings in that time together. And that has been... That's just been something that I've really... That's really made a year that has been so hard not as hard as it could have been. Right? It's like, obviously, this has been so difficult for all of us collectively as a human race. Because we are not supposed to... I mean, this is not anything any of us... I mean, I would assume saw coming. Right. (laughs) And then, you know, just how devastating it's been for just people personally and in relationships. And, you know, it's just hard to, to continue to be communal with people when you're not face to face. Yeah. And, you know, we still have our relationships with our family and our friends. It just looks really different this year. So I'm just really grateful for our marriage I'm really grateful for each other, um, because you know, even even if we did get to a point where we might have been irritated with each other, and of course we always do, because you know that's just part of being human. You, you get tired of.
0: I don't know how you could ever get tired person. of me, but that's right. the point,
1: um, but. You know, I think just being grateful for somebody to process all this stuff with has been huge. And then, like we were saying before we got on the podcast, just, like, doing new things that we never even really had time for. Yeah. Like, um, I know you've talked about this a few times on your podcast, but we what was that in maybe april when we tried to do the couch to 5k yeah. thing
0: <laughs> we bought brand new running shoes and then never ran after buying the running shoes so
1: i'd like to preface this by saying we did i mean, attempt you to. are the athlete in the relationship though i have never once claimed to be an athlete of any sort i am not built True. that way i'm the lord did not bless me with those gifts i just i just hate it i i hate <laughs> i hate really anything with physical activity i do it in order to keep my my mind and my body healthy but like i just don't think i'm supposed to be a runner and i don't know that anybody
0: is supposed to be a runner I honestly i don't
1: know um i think there's plenty of people who would argue that running is just, it tears, great therapy it for tears them, my knee, but it
0: tears my knees up which is why i had to stop
1: not us yeah not us, not us. so <laughs> we did a program and it was i mean I think it was eight weeks, right? Yeah, we made it through like four. We made it through four weeks, which I am super proud of. Like, Can we talk about that? We never would have done that if it hadn't been for us both working from home. So, Shout out to
0: DJ for telling us to do that.
1: (laughs) Um, My buddy David. In case you guys can't remember, I am a therapist and I worked for... I mean, I never stopped working throughout all this, thankfully, but I did telehealth, what, maybe a month at home? And then I've been back in the office since late May. But um, when I was doing therapy sessions from home, we had a lot more time, you know, like um, residual time together, like in yeah. between. Because I was know. working
0: from home then too. I wasn't yeah. teaching last year.
1: We were doing stuff like had little breaks and stuff like that. And we would go walk in the morning versus now that you're teaching and I'm at the office all yeah. day. It's, it's a lot harder to do that. Um, especially since it gets dark so early, but I think every single day in April even if you didn't go on a walk with me I went on a walk or we went, on, went a run on a walk or something with you most days, I know what I'm saying like even so like that I'm so grateful that yeah. we were able to experience that because I mean it's so crazy because that was what 8 months ago and that honestly feels like so long ago
0: I feel like it feels like last week
1: I mean if it, it I, feel I feel like, like that's what, the whole synopsis of 2020 it. though yeah. it's like March is in three months, but it feels like March was only three months ago. Yeah. So, you know, we're all still continuingly trying to process something that we feel like just happened, but actually didn't just happen yeah. because of this year. But I feel like we really, in particularly like this spring, really got to experience not only more time together, but more time outside discovering our neighborhood, discovering our city and our town in a way that we probably wouldn't have if we stuck to our daily routines.
0: Yeah, and so for those of you that maybe don't know Emily and I all that well, some of you guys know us pretty well, but we dated long distance for our entire relationship until we got married. And so we didn't, you know, it was just kind of a weird flip where, once we got married, we were finally all together in the same town. And so this was like quite a change from like, you know, we would go weeks or two weeks without seeing each other when we first started dating and only seeing each other on the weekends to ha- actually having to live, I think, over FaceTime with each other. And at least for me, like that may have been a little bit of a help for some of my friendships and family relationships that I've had to maintain through FaceTime just because I've already kind of been used to that dynamic before. But us this year it was nice to finally like just have every day together and have I I just we can kind of get into this a little bit later too but I know that there's people this holiday season that they are alone or they're not able to spend it with their families and um you know there's a there's a way that I think hopefully we can reach out and love on those people but you know for you and I, I I'm just grateful that we had each other because we moved to a new town back in October of last year and we have friends here but it's not for me. It's not quite like it was in my hometown, where I where I had a group of friends, and, and a lot of your friends are not here anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of times it was just Emily and I hanging out and doing whatever we wanted to do together, and our two cats. And so uh, we, you know, we made the most use of our time. And there are a lot of things that are really, really difficult about 2020. But I think, like you said, one of the things that I am always going to be the most grateful for is, I think the deepening level of of intimacy, not like in a weird way, but just like like really strong love that we felt for each other. Vulnerability. Right, yeah.
1: It's like, I mean, intimacy has to be a part of any relationship, not just a marriage, not just a romantic relationship. Intimacy is just that thing that binds two people together, and I feel like you can't help. But, I mean, if, you, if you're in a healthy relationship, there is going to need to be space for vulnerability and intimacy, because otherwise there's no substance. Yeah. You know, there's no depth. And I feel like what a better opportunity than this year to go deep with people and to invest in relationships and especially the ones that you're closest to, because, you know, we haven't seen a lot of people this year. We've seen a couple friends, you know, we haven't seen your family in a little bit and just, but it's like being intentional about those relationships and diving deep into those relationships is so important. And the people you actually do get to see, you know, making sure that you are invested in that is so important. I feel like that was definitely solidified for me this year, at least.
0: Yeah. What are maybe some other ways that, I guess individually, that you feel like you grew in the past year, but also in what ways do you think we grew as a couple? And I and I hope that anybody listening that, whether they're in a dating relationship or they're married, that they have taken time to reflect on these things because I think it's always good to do that at the end of the year, I think in any year, but particularly this year when I think you know, there were a lot of relationships that were left vulnerable, that were left susceptible mm-hmm. to the pandemic. And a lot of them were impacted because of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, for us it was, Hey, we actually get to spend a lot more time together and it's just made our marriage stronger Um, And I know individually that's helped me too, but what has that been like for you, for your own growth and then also in your view of our marriage growth?
1: Yeah, I think this year has been hard because, I mean, for a myriad of reasons, obviously, but, you know, I think a lot of people, and I've heard this on uh, other podcasts recently, like, this doesn't have to be the year where you're writing the next great American novel. This doesn't have to be the year where you're making the next masterpiece. Maybe this is the year we needed to rest Maybe this is the year we needed to figure out, you know, what the Lord wants of us or, you know, what our own desires might be. And, you know, it's very interesting because I'm such a type A personality, very much, um, very much internally motivated. I... I've always tried really hard in everything I do. And I always set goals for the year and, you know, strive toward those. And I mean, I did not throw my goals out the window or anything like that. I'm not saying I was like, oh, 2020. Oh, it sucks. Like, let's just forget (laughs) it. You know, whatever. Let's just chalk it up to that. You know, I've still powered through in those. But I think I, or at least I've tried to give myself a lot more grace than I normally do. Because, I mean, truly... I am my own worst critic, like I am my own worst enemy, and you know, you do such a good job of reminding me that so many of the things that I tell myself are not true, and so many of these standards that I hold myself or are home to or are, you know, just everything to aren't, like, like you know, it doesn't have to be that way, and so I think that was a big eye opener for me. And I mean, it's, it's a daily thing I have to tell myself. And I think I always will is like, you know, perfectionism perfection isn't attainable. Um, do your best and it's going to work out. And I think, you know, with, with all the uncertainty and everything this year, I've just really, really recognized that like no matter what, we're always going to be dependent on God and, I think that's what we should be, <laughs> Right. you know, because as soon as we try to depend on ourselves, depend on our own efforts and um, just our own abilities, we're going to fall short because yeah. we're never going to be able to do it. And so I hope I've been able to extend myself a little bit more grace. Also, um, I mean, obviously, you know this about me and you've probably learned more about this this year is just my... Um, the difficulty I have with t- with kind of saying my own needs. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've struggled for a long time with kind of just expecting people to anticipate my needs because I feel like I'm really good at anticipating other people's needs. Hashtag Enneagram 2. But... Um, I was
0: waiting how long it would take for it to get the Enneagram <laughs> sure, into this conversation. I'm
1: sure. What a 4. Am I right? Um, oh <laughs> but, I don't know. I've tried tried being the keyword to let you know about my needs more and let you know like if I want you to do something or don't want you to do something or you know like if I need alone time or you know just that kind of thing because especially when you are spending so much time with another person whether that's a global pandemic or not you know I think it's important to be like hey I want to go read like is it okay if I go read and you and you tell me like hey I'm going to watch this baseball game or this football game or you know like not that we have sports, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think just communicating that to one another rather than waiting for the other person to anticipate that, yeah, is is big for me because I I have to remember a lot of the times, even though we've been married for almost three years now. I guess it will be three years by the time these people hear it, probably. But
0: you in know, two days, in two,
1: almost almost three years. <laughs> um, that you know, you know me better than anybody else, but you do not know what I'm thinking. And you never will. And that's okay. And I'm glad because it's a lot of crazy stuff going on up here. But, you know, I have to communicate that with you and I have to give myself grace if, you know, my expectations aren't realistic.
0: Yeah. I liked what you said just about how this year doesn't have to be the year that you conquer the world or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. And I saw this meme kind of going around at the start of COVID where people were like, if you're not using this time to learn a new skill, start a side hustle do this and this and this and this then you're wasting time and it's like oh, wow like I or it was something like that and like I get it I, I get I get where people are coming from with that and as an Enneagram four wing three there was a lot of this that I would I and I wrote about it and and I and I talked about it on my podcast too just about how like I, I was very excited about kind of the time to slow mm-hmm. down I mean that's kind of the whole premise of the show and as somebody who had a lot of creative projects waiting in the wings, it was exciting to feel like I had time to do it. Mm-hmm. And there were some of those things that I got done and that I worked on and I was successful with. And I got to do a writing conference for the first time, which was a goal of mine. I went on a weekend trip to Nashville mm-hmm. to write my book, a part of my book, not an entire book in a weekend, but to write part of my book. I, I did a lot of writing. I did a lot of content and creation and this kind of stuff. But there were a lot of things I didn't I didn't do. There were a lot of things that I didn't accomplish. And I think this year, more than any I think it's okay that we extend grace, mm-hmm. especially if you didn't conquer the world or do all these things that maybe you had like a quarantine to-do list and you sure. didn't end up checking off a lot of them. You know, we, as a teacher, I, I hear this a lot. You know, people are are saying that, that students are falling behind right now. And really the the, the way to approach that is no, they're surviving a pandemic, yeah, and I think that's very applicable to all of us in whatever field or whatever hobbies we have because we're, we're prone as Americans just to be like, oh, I, I I didn't accomplish this or I didn't do this. I saw this person mm-hmm. learned this new skill. They started a business. They started this. They did all these things during COVID, whatever. They're succeeding, and I just seemingly sat here, and it's like you don't know what God is doing yeah. in your life and like you and I are obviously a big Chris Rensema fans and the song let the ground rest has resonated with right. me a lot this year because especially right now as we are in the winter that's literally what the ground is doing and yeah. we don't know when the seeds that God has planted in our lives are going to are going to blossom yeah and we don't know if that's going to be in the next season of our life it may be a later season in our life but this may be the season where God is saying I want you to rest mm-hmm. and if that is you I don't I hope that you're not beating yourself up just because somebody else has a garden that's bloomed and you don't have that quite yet.
1: Yeah. What do you think is your answer to that? Like, what have you learned about yourself? I think,
0: I think that is that I, I struggled with a lot of comparison and identity issues earlier this year. And and I've been very vocal and public about that too. And I think for me that what I just talked about was hard for me because I would see people, you know, putting out books or they would be yeah. putting out writing projects or starting new side creative projects that I was like I could totally do that and some some days like I had all the time in the world and I still felt overwhelmed at the idea of doing certain things mm-hmm. and I like I said I I got some things done and some things I didn't get done but there are a lot of things that I'm super super proud of mm-hmm. that I was able to do and that I was able to start and just new ideas that I had and I think for me I learned that my joy Actually, comes from just the process of creating rather than the finished product, and yeah. that's like like for me as a I would like to It's
1: the journey, not the destination. Well, yeah,
0: I would like to think of <laughs> it's it's the climb, as Miley Cyrus said. But I I really like as a creative person, I I would I think about, and this was in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic, which I would highly recommend any creative person reading. But not, she ba- not
1: an advertisement.
0: But she basically says. Elizabeth Gilbert, if you're listening, you're welcome on the show anytime, by the way. Um, I love you. But, but she basically says that, like, you have to appreciate the process. You have to appreciate the journey of creating it. And it was the way that she said it. I don't remember exactly the words that she said, but it resonated with me differently. Because I've heard people say that same idea all over, you know, a bunch of different times, a bunch of different ways. But it was the way that she said it that just felt different. And it was just kind of like, my journey looks so much different than somebody else's. And if you don't enjoy the process of like that's the whole beauty of creation mm-hmm. of creating things. Like that's why she recommended like not making your creative endeavor your full-time job, because it could suck the joy out of it. Cause yeah. she said it took about three books in before she quit her day job to become a full-time writer. And I didn't teach last school year. And a big reason for that was because in my mind, idealistically, whenever we moved down here my focus was going to be on writing a book, on being a writer. And then I it was kind of like, that's really idealistic, not practical. I still need to have a job. And I thought that if I had all of this time in the world, that that's what my mind needed to be able to create. But really, and this is kind of a, I mentioned this with another guy that I interviewed this week uh, for my podcast, which will be coming out later. But she talks, and it's kind of a provocative example, but she says that you need to view your creativity almost like, somebody having an affair would like you just kind of uh like you sneak away for 15 minutes and like Mm -hmm. just like the the passion that goes into that like you need to treat your your creativity with that same passion and Mm -hmm. so I was like you know like I always felt like if I didn't have a muse and I didn't have an hour to sit down and collect my thoughts and start writing that I would never get done but she's saying basically if you've got 15 minutes there's stuff that you can do in that 15 minutes that propels you forward and that's something that is on my goals for 2021. I have a lot of different projects and things that I have in my mind. But for me, it's been, mostly been understanding that I can give myself grace for not getting stuff done. Because I'm an Enneagram, Enneagram, can't even say that, Enneagram 4, Wing 3. So I'm naturally geared toward getting stuff done and producing things. And I think more so seeing my name attached to something, which mm. is sort of a the identity and comparison stuff that I've talked about. And that comes from my time in journalism too, just being so used to producing content and seeing it out there that I was just, like writing a book is a much different, more laborious process than that. And so that's been a little bit harder. And so I think just learning that there's joy in creating something, whether you're in stage one or stage five out of five in that creative process, like there's still joy in wherever you're at. And if you don't enjoy it, like oftentimes creators will say that the actual, creating of the process, the creation process of what they're doing is the whole purpose behind. Like, obviously, it's nice to see, like, the book produced or the song made, but, like, it's the creating of that song that is really what people memorize or the creating of the book that people remember.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think going back to what we were talking about a little bit ago is, you know, it's very easy to kind of idealize such a drastic shift in just the amount of time that we have, like thinking like, okay, if I had time, this is what I would do at that time. Yeah. When, whether, I mean, that may be a realistic thing. It may be unrealistic just depending upon your life, but I know I don't work that way. If I had a day and I was like, Oh, if I just had time, I'd do this. No, it'd be very easy to just be like, Oh, let me turn off and rest, or nap, or, you know, not do anything, because we do need to rest, and we do need to take a break, but I think, you know, what is it called? Inertia? Is that the law of inertia, where it's like an object at rest stays at I have rest? No idea. An object I Object in motion stays in motion? That sounds right to me. But I feel like that's <laughs> I no that's always been me, though. It's like, like today, we were talking about like a clean today, like once I get started with something, I can keep going until I get the job done, Yeah. and I feel like that's, kind of how i've had to approach 2020 not that there's not been time for rest but it's like if we're given so much time or given so much i don't know putting so much expectation on ourselves to believe that like oh by this time i need to have accomplished this whether that's this year or any year yeah you know we might be too overwhelmed by that and just kind of give up
0: yeah i came into this year and i remember on my 2020 goals was to submit a book proposal to agents and publishers. And in my mind, I thought maybe by the end of the end of the year, I could have a book deal. And then I quickly realized that one, there are a lot of steps to that process that may not happen right away and they may take years. And so I think like you're saying, like just having grace with that time, with the, with a timeline or whatever, like if you had something like, Hey, I had, I wanted this to be done in 2020 and it didn't get done. You know, I think use this time in this year just sort of reflect and think like, you know, what, what is it that that was driving me to get that done so badly and why was I so upset about it? And how can I approach this now with
1: grace toward myself? Yeah. And I think, okay, so looking at the year, not just 2020 because obviously, I mean, you know, we have a solid week before that of our, of our, of our um, year for marriage. Um, so talking about the past year from last December 23rd to this December 23rd, what have been some high moments for us? What do we think have been some, like, some good, memorable gifts that we've been given? Well, one is sitting
0: right next to me, and it's our cat Milo. Oh, so right. Uh, Milo was a Christmas gift last year, who I love. He's the sweetest little cat. That's definitely one of the obvious ones, but I think... I'm always going to go back to this, but it, it seems so basic. But I, I really think just the, the amount of time that we were able to spend together and just the, the little moments we've had around our house. Like just tonight you came home and you just said out of nowhere, I really love our house. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true because, you know, obviously now we got Christmas stuff up, the tree is up, there's presents under the tree and all that. but
1: Which, which Cole keeps wanting me to open even though it's, what is it, December 8th, 19th? Yeah. December 19th, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I can't help it whenever i give a gift i just want people to see it and be excited about it but like just being very grateful for like the home that we have like this is our first like real home together mm-hmm. like we lived in a historic home in evansville but it was an apartment at the top of a home and so this is just like our home that we can do whatever mm-hmm. we want to do with it and i think like one like i'm so grateful for the way that you've decorated like people that come over here always commend emily for how awesome this house is decorated It looks like a magazine But, um, not, I wouldn't even say just decorate, I think just laid out and and clean and that sort of stuff. But I think I'm just grateful for like those small little gifts and just like the days where we can come home and have dinner together and then go on a walk Mm -hmm. and then watch a TV show together. Like, Mm -hmm. those are things that like, like I told you this earlier this year, every year, every time that I envisioned what my marriage would be like whenever I was a a teenager or even like into my early twenties, like this is all that I ever envisioned it being. And it was, and I Sweet. Well, I told you that, but like, truly, like I, I didn't ever want anything magnificent, like where it had to be like, <laughs> I didn't, need, <laughs> not that you're not magnificent. You're not just like
1: waiting for me to approach you every day when you come home from work. Here's yeah. a sandwich. Yeah.
0: Not that I expected us to be some power couple. I just wanted us to be like, you know, somebody that I could hang out and be my complete and honest and genuine self with. And I feel like, that's what I've been able to do, and I think if there's ever a year that we were going to be fully vulnerable, like you said, and exposed to our spouse, mm-hmm. like 2020 was that year because yeah. every emotion that we could possibly feel was here. And let's if,
1: let's just take a moment to give a shout out to all the 2020 couples that got married this year. True, you guys all the real MVPs. I mean, really, really though, you weren't I able mean, to
0: have the wedding you envisioned, and I do feel bad about that because that's something you look forward to so yeah i mean we were, we're able to go gonna to a lie. Few of them.
1: real grateful we didn't get married in 2020
0: yeah
1: but um you know either way those people got married and that was the that was the goal of it all so yeah. that's exciting but i know that it's probably a little disappointing when it comes to what you expected versus maybe what happened
0: but i always like we, we tell teachers this and i have a student teacher that's about to start with me next semester and i told her this as well but you know in teaching they say like if you can get through this school year, you're pretty much set up for, I think, any year going forward, and that may not be fully true of marriage, but I feel like, you know, if you can, yeah. if you can kind of get through this year and see each other's, you know, major, made, I don't want to say faults, but just vulnerabilities. I mean, like, I think you're 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 going to be pretty prepared for what might come in the future, you know. And for yeah. me personally, stuff that that impacts me financially has always been the thing yeah. that makes me the most anxious, and obviously. With COVID happening, you know, I worked for a small business. I worked for your dad's company um, before I got back into teaching, and grateful like the company made it through fine. But I at the time, I, you know, we just, there was just no way of knowing what could happen to a small business. And then you mm-hmm. as a, as, an, you know, yeah. as a working for a small practice as well, and you were at home and you lost some clients at the start, and there were just so many things that you know we weren't we were unsure of, and really had to rely on each other and kind of be each other's biggest supporters. And just biggest cheer, you know, cheerleaders and teammates, which I think was, was awesome to have that aspect of like, Hey, my wife really wants to pursue, like you sell beauty counter stuff and just seeing Mm -hmm. you like pursue that and me being able to cheer you on and help you and and Mm -hmm. celebrate with you. Those Mm -hmm. are some of the best gifts that I could have received. What have you
1: learned about me this year though? (laughs) Um, have you let me, if you haven't learned anything, it's fine. I mean,
0: it's hard to like verbalize all of that stuff that would.
1: That I am the best wife well, that you true. could have ever asked. I already for. knew
0: that. I didn't learn that. Um, sorry, that was really cheesy. Um, <coughs> I think I, I learned how strong you were. Or how, mm. Not are I should say are not were. I, I learned how strong you are. Um, I think in just so many ways. A lot of people that know our story, they'll know what we're talking about. I won't go into t- too many details, but I um I, I think that's one thing. It's just like, emotionally. Physically, we have started working out. So physically, I've learned how Emily often lifts heavier weights than I do whenever we go lift. So, literally and metaphorically, I've shout out to strong... Joy
1: <laughs> for being number one fans of of us and helping us to be accountable in our. Yes, health. Joy is our number one fan. Yes, I swear she listens to this
0: podcast every Love her. week. She loves buying your beauty counter stuff. Shout out to Joy, but. <laughs> I think that's honestly, um, that would be the, the one thing that I've learned the most is how strong you are. Thank and that's you. emotionally, intellectually, really. And, and like, financially, like, you have saved way more this year than ever before. You And like, you actually have been kind of a driving force with, our, with us as a couple about like, hey, you know, this is what we need to do financially, we need to take on the, the Dave Ramsey method and start saving. And um, I, I just – I've admired – because I've never been good – I've never been good with money. And and that's something that you, you've admittedly struggled with, but, like, you've taken – and, like, you, you journal at all of your expenses. You're very deliberate about that. And I don't know. I'm just impressed with that and how, how – that, that's all the different ways that I've – that's not all the different ways, but that's some of the different ways that I've seen you grow this year too.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you.
0: So what, what, what would you say are some of the most memorable – times of this year I just in terms of like have we already shared all that
1: no i'm just thinking about tiger king <laughs> yeah
0: I'm trying to think like, like what are some of the most memorable events that we've had of 2020 definitely tiger king ringing in the new year watching you also yeah,
1: not me but the show you yes with pin yes. adley
0: but yes let's let's, let's talk i about mean really just about a lot
1: king. of netflix
0: though let's talk about tiger king real quick okay i don't know because that 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 I'm, I I missed that era of Those quarantine. were the happy
1: times. It was like we're we're going to get a stimulus check. This is going to be great. The trees are starting to bloom. This is great. Um the weather was getting warm, stuff like that.
0: Baseball was not starting at that time though like it should have been, but Yeah. I'm sure those you Those were, were those were simpler
1: times You're though.
0: Really upset about that, I know.
1: No, I did not mind that. I did not mind it at all. But I feel like even so you it's not like, especially since you didn't coach this year, like we've just yeah. gotten to experience more time together. This is the first general. fall that
0: Emily and I have been able to like.
1: Literally first fall. Because okay. I
0: normally am coaching. Every every year that we've been together, I was every coaching year. tennis in Indiana because Indiana's boys tennis season is in the fall. And I wasn't in Indiana this year, so I was not coaching. And so we finally got to have a fall where our weekends were completely free, which was nice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not similar. like we could do a whole lot.
0: <laughs> we did go to Gallenberg. You is know, nice. it was
1: fun to just embrace fall because I mean, I said it once and I'll say it again. You know, COVID took a lot from us and from all of us collectively this year, but he did not, or she, depending upon if COVID is a he or she, did not take my fall from me, that's and true. that's all that matters. That's
0: true. The leaves were still orange and yellow fall. and brown. We got another Trey Kennedy fall girl video, which was awesome.
1: do you feel like it's almost Christmas because I still don't?
0: Um, Yes and no. When I got out to my car the other day and it was covered with complete ice, then, yeah, I felt it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But whenever it's been like 60 degrees in December, now I've not felt it. But yeah, I I, I told you this the other day, I am grateful that at least in our family, that uh, with your extended family, we'll be able to gather with just about everybody. Safely. Safely, yes. Uh, We do have an infectious disease doctor in our family who will be making sure that we are yeah safe but like it'll be weird for me because like my family's not getting together which kind of sucks and we didn't see each other on Thanksgiving either um so we did a zoom call and I think that's that's been really hard for a lot of people this year is just because you know and and you can even speak to this as as a therapist but you know the mental health aspect of 2020 has been really difficult for a lot of people and I think like I wrote about this recently but one of the things that it's made me realize is how thankful I am for the relationships that I do have Mm -hmm. because the ones that I realized care the most that I care the most about, I was deliberate about maintaining. Yeah. And the people that were you know, that that cared the most about me were also deliberate in maintaining those relationships. And I think it made us have to be deliberate because we weren't gonna be able to just hang out with each other. And whenever I did see any of my friends or family, I didn't take it for granted because I mean, I've not seen my sister since February. I I (laughs) finally saw my grandmother for her 90th birthday on December 6th, but I had not seen her probably since February. And I've seen my parents twice since COVID hit. And so it's just been hard where, you know, I don't know when I'm going to, I mean, Easter might be the next holiday that I see my family again. And so um, I, I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that other than that. I just, I'm grateful for the relationships that we do have and, you know, maybe in a little bit, you could speak as a therapist on ways that, you know, we can help people that might feel vulnerable during this season who they don't have as many or as deeper relationships with people to spend yeah. this holiday season with. Cause it can be really hard on people.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would just encourage anybody, I mean, anybody who's not quarantined, like to themselves and to their home. To, to be around the people that they have been around. So it's like, you know, if you have been around your coworkers or you've been around a select few friends during this time, you know, and you know you don't have COVID and everybody's been safe and everything like that, spend the holidays with those people because, you know, like we've been talking about relationships, whether that's marriage or family or friends, and I feel like this year is just a wonderful example that family is not blood. You know, I mean, I mean, it is (laughs) biologically, but you know, I feel like if there's anything that really demonstrates that, it's like, okay, who's really gonna reach out to me when this goes awry, or really, who's really gonna be there when this happens, and the people who are there for you when those kind of things happen, they're your family. Yeah, and even if it's not, even if you live super far away from family, or you know, your family doesn't feel comfortable getting together because of COVID or anything like that. Finding a new family or finding like a, you know, just a group of friends that you want to spend the holidays with, it may not be quote unquote normal, but, you know, I think we're, regardless of if you're introverted or extroverted. We need to be in community and we need to be surrounded by people. So besides having to be quarantined to your home because you've been exposed or have COVID yourself, I would encourage people to be around at least one other person. Yeah. Because, I mean, truly, when we think about the holidays, or at least when I do, when I think about Christmas, I mean, of course, I love the gifts. I love I love the tree. We love all of it. But we remember the feeling that we get from being around our loved ones. That's true. And the way that they make us feel and the traditions that involve the people that we love. And so that matters a lot more than all the gifts that you can receive or the Christmas cards you would get or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, just reaching out to people, making them feel loved, even if you can't be there with them to physically hug them or to tell them face to face. And so, you know, for our friends who are far away, FaceTiming them for our family members, like your grandmother and my grandmother, like, you know, going and seeing them through a window or <laughs> calling them on the phone. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have no idea how big of a difference that makes in their day. Yeah. Like we like we feel isolated. I cannot even imagine how older, older individuals feel right now. Yeah. How isolating that is for them, especially individuals who live on their own. And so I think anything that we can do to make other fe- people feel loved, that's what we need to do.
0: Yeah. If you're at a position where you feel alone, then... I would say don't be sh- don't be shy to reach out to people, too. Like, it's going to be one of those situations where people might uh, be nervous. But I was thinking about this. I mean, my, my family is not gathering mm-hmm. for Christmas this year because of COVID. My brother has kids. My sister is married, has kids. My parents have each other. Like, if I was not married, I, I, I honestly wonder what my Christmas would look like this mm-hmm. year. And granted, I would probably still be able to spend it with some of my family members. But, you know, I just, it just got me thinking, like, there are probably plenty of people that are in mm-hmm. that same scenario, that their family is maybe a little apprehensive about gathering this year, understandably so, but they don't know where to go or who mm-hmm. to be with. And so, one, I think what you're saying is, if you're at a position where you know you somebody in your life might be mm-hmm. at danger of spending this holiday alone, or this season alone, please reach out to them but if that's you don't be shot I don't think anybody is going to think anything less of anybody if they say hey I don't have anybody to spend it with can I come over to your house if that's possible like Mm -hmm. I think most people granted you know obviously if you've been exposed to COVID that's one thing it's kind of a tricky thing but I don't know I'm just above the mindset where to me like the chance to to love on somebody far outweighs any risk of getting a A virus, and I may not be the safest thing to say, but like especially during Christmas, like I would rather be able to be with people and love on them than do anything else.
1: Yeah, or I mean, or if you're the person who goes to church on Christmas, inviting somebody to go to church with you on Christmas, you know, even if you're not spending (laughs) the entire holiday with them, yeah, just being like, hey, I want to invite you to something that is a tradition for me, or you know, if you're watching church online, inviting that person to watch it with you online, or I mean, literally anything, right? It's like going through with a little twinkle light thing, like driving through with somebody or, you know, just sharing a Christmas gift with them. I feel like any way of showing someone love is helpful. Yeah. You know, I mean no even if this wasn't the year that we've had, we never know what's going on in another person's life. Like yeah. we just never know. And yeah. I feel like this year we've seen that more than any other year, at least I have. Not only like personally, but in just even like famous people, right? Like we see like all these things that have gone crazy in people's life. And it's like, oh, I had no idea that was happening. Well, of course not. Yeah. We don't know until you build a relationship, right? Because with the relationships, like vulnerability has grown. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason we're not vulnerable with everybody.
0: Yeah. And uh, I want to ask this next question sort of with a little bit of care attached to it you're a therapist and you deal with couples and even individuals, but um, what have you found have been the biggest issues facing couples this Mm -hmm. year? And I'm not saying that we have navigated this year perfectly. Obviously we're doing fine. We're happy. But like people that are listening to this, they might resonate with some of the things that, you've seen and have 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 addressed and obviously we want to be careful about not identifying people and that sort of stuff but just issues themselves that have persisted because of the situations that this year brought Mm -hmm. what have you seen and I don't want to ask like what's the silver bullet to fixing it but like what, what what have you counseled people through and people that are listening that maybe had issues with as a couple or a relationship like yeah what can they maybe gather from you
1: Well, I mean, I feel like whether it's couples or individuals, it's sin, you know? I mean, if anybody has an underlying issue, and what I mean by that, we all have underlying issues. Like, we all have things that distract us and all have things that we can go to that might provide a sense of comfort to us. Some of those things can be very beneficial, like exercising or, you know, just taking care of your overall health. But for other people, there's things like drugs and alcohol or sex or pornography or gambling or smoking or any of those things. And, you know, when we experience such high stress individually or as a couple in a marriage, that's going to cause you to turn to whatever that vice is. And, you know, frankly, I think That's really any time. But I think right now, just even if you aren't directly impacted, like your business wasn't impacted, your, you know, your finances weren't impacted by COVID or anything like that. Like I said, I just feel like it's all affected us collectively, just the human race in general, because how can it not? Yeah. Um, Especially in the United States. But, you know, I think healthy or uh, any, any person, whether they've been, Healthy for years, unhealthy, and, I, and when I say that, I mean like emotionally, mentally. Uh, I've just seen a lot of people turn back to those vices, things that maybe they had received help from, they had, um, they've they had growth, you know, they've made progress and made changes, and then now we've just experienced this, this regression, you know, and I, I've seen that a lot. Um, in my own practice with my clients and, um, I see that kind of just all over for people. And I don't necessarily just mean like everybody's out there doing drugs and <laughs> drinking a lot more, but I think a lot of people are using this year, you know, flipping it from the narrative we were talking about earlier saying yeah. like, Oh, this is the year to do this, 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 this. Then there's also been the other narrative of like, you know, forget this. I'm just going to go do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, then there's that narrative of like, oh, well, this is nothing's going right. So I might as well just do whatever I want. And obviously that's not a healthy thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, This is a sports reference that you will probably not understand. But <laughs> in, fo- in football, like when a defense jumps off sides and the play is still able to be snapped, it's then what's called the free play. So the, mm-hmm. they'll call a penalty, but they'll let the offense run a play. If they end up gaining more yards than what the penalty would offer, then they get to keep it. And mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are treating this year like a free play. Yeah. Where they're just kind of like, well, all this crap happened. I'm just going to do whatever I want yeah. and then start all. Like, people are talking as if when the clock turns midnight and it mm-hmm. turns January 1st, 2021, that so much of 2020 is just going to stop.
1: It's just a clean slate. It's like a dry yeah. erase board. We're just going to wipe it off like yeah. it never existed. But I mean, I mean, it's all a collective narrative. So everything that you ever experience collects and makes you into who you are and makes your decisions into whatever they are. And so it's impossible to say that, not saying that like everything you've done in 2020 defines who you are as an individual. Cause that's not true. Right. Right. Like not one thing truly <laughs> makes your identity, but at the same time, you know, choosing, choosing that sin repeatedly is choosing it like you're, you're acknowledging like, Hey, this is a choice that I have. And instead of doing maybe the right thing, quote unquote, the right thing, or, you know, doing the thing that might be harder, but more beneficial, I'm just going to succumb to this, to this sin, whatever it is, because it's more comfortable. Yeah. And I've just seen that. I mean, obviously that plays a big role in relationships because you can see typically when people come for couples counseling, it's because of something that happened um, or one person's addiction, or something like that, that that causes a um, a fracture in the relationship. But I mean, I see this with individuals all the time too. It's like, yeah. okay, well, this has been hard. Everything's stacking on top of one another, and I don't know how to get back to yeah. how it was before. So I'm just going to keep trying to manage where I am right now, and you know, yeah, I think this year's just compounded all of that.
0: Do you think that? The the shutdown and kind of uh, – I think even – I'll take even a step further. The shutdown of a lot of our distractions mm-hmm. has exacerbated a lot of these issues. Like to the, like, basically if somebody was really into sports or they were into other stuff, that, that might have been what they were using mm-hmm. to maybe avoid other things. Right. And then some of the underlying issues, like let's say that they – were maybe they struggled with pornography. Mm-hmm, that's what and I was going to say. Instead I mean, of watching the football game, they filled that time with doing other yeah, stuff like that. I yeah. mean, have you, do you think that that this year may have, have led to a lot of that in some yeah. people?
1: no, absolutely, 100%. It's very easy to, to what you might consider to be a distraction because, I mean, anything can be a distraction. There are good distractions. I mean, Netflix in and of itself is not a bad thing. But if you're using Netflix to numb you from the pain that you're experiencing in your marriage, the pain you're experiencing with your job, the the distance that you're keeping from God, the, you know, just your unwillingness to face any type of emotional discomfort or emotional pain, that is becoming a distraction that you don't need to have. So, you know, in a sense, I think... I think anything that distracts us is not necessarily bad, but I think there are obviously, I mean, like, like when I said sin, right? We think of certain sins as like, Oh, that's worse than that, which is like, maybe that's not necessarily the case, but it's more of the reason why you're doing it. And I mean, this year we haven't had the things that maybe, I don't want to say we haven't collectively, but for a lot of us, you know, the ways in which we are fulfilled and the ways which we experience life like through experiences and traveling and doing things and just having things to look forward to anticipate has not been there. And so selfishly we've tried to satisfy ourselves with things that will satisfy us immediately. And I mean, obviously that's not satisfying. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I hate to be like so cliche, but I mean, the only true way to reach contentment is through the Lord. Yeah. You know, and that's not, it's not just, cliche, it's truth. <laughs> right, right. And I, but, I, you know, it's like, it's so easy to say that. It's another thing to make that decision and to set aside that sin that we love. Because, I mean, truly, that's why you do it, because you love it. Yeah. And, I mean, I can say that as someone who is a sinner, and we all are. Even if you have accepted Jesus, you know we are we are sinners unworthy of of his grace and of his love and of his acceptance and of his forgiveness, and yet he's been willing to give it to us, so I think you know, I admire people, and I'm so grateful to be able to help people in the process of recognizing that pain does have a purpose, and that we don't have to give in to sin in order to distract ourselves from that pain, um, and just and just learning ways to to grow and to process through that, even when it's really hard. Yeah, it's just it like it's it's an honor to be able to do that with people.
0: Yeah, well, and you're just naturally empathetic, which I think not that you. I don't know if that's a requirement of that job necessarily, but I think it's a trait that lends itself well to you being able Mm to, to hear our cat is talking. If you can hear him, he's making noises as he wakes up from a nap. Um, but yeah, I think that you're just naturally empathetic, which I think lends itself well to that profession really well. When you think back to 2022 as well, um, not 2022, 2020 as well, in what ways, did you see God working Mm -hmm. and or um, how did your relationship with God strengthen this year?
1: Oh gosh, this is, it's a really difficult question to answer, to be honest, because I have, I don't want to say I've been distant from God this year, because I haven't, but, you know, much as when you were saying earlier, like I had this goal of being like, this by the end of the year, and I always have that goal for myself. You is have like, just
0: about read through the entire Bible. I
1: have, but has my heart been in it the whole time? No. <laughs> I had a goal of writing all these prayer journals this year. Have I done it? No. And that's where that grace has had to come in and for me to recognize that, you know, not that God doesn't care about that, because He does, but He's not basing His love off of what I do.
0: Yeah.
1: And I am enough for him because of what his son has done for us. Yeah. And I i think when I think of 2020, that's what I hope I'll think about. And sorry, I don't know oh, why I'm crying. Um, just his faithfulness. Yeah.
0: That would be what I would say as well as I've learned this year just how good God is to us because there were times this year that we had a hard time feeling that Yeah. and every time that I felt that and, and I shouldn't say every time because it doesn't always happen the way that we want it to happen but I think the one thing that you, you asked me earlier too I guess kind of answers this question but I've learned how to approach prayer differently, and I have learned to be okay with whatever God's will is for our lives. Yeah. And that may look differently than what I want it to look like, but I also fully trust that God provides for us, and that has happened in so many different ways that I can't even begin – to describe here. Um, I mean, I I put this on social media a couple weeks ago. I got a a second job with sports spectrum, which is a company that I have loved freelancing for this year and being a part of kind of on the periphery. And this, to put it frankly, that job was uh, an answer to prayer for both of us uh, financially and just for a lot of different reasons. And it came at, the exact time that the money that I'm going to be making for that job was exiting from another avenue that we had. And it was just like God saying, I understand this door is closing. Here, this one is opening. And it was one of those things where I I felt complete peace when I saw that job posting open because I was like, I know that God is wanting me to pursue that. And even as they went through the interview process and I knew they were interviewing other people, whether I got that job or not, I knew that God was saying, hey, I want you to be faithful and at least apply. And I felt pretty good that my qualifications would give me the job, and it did. But I, I was just like, God. I feel God being, uh, calling me to be faithful. And I also felt that same level of peace. And I talked to you about this. Um, when I got accepted into the Lisa Turkhurst program a few weeks before that, when I first found out about it, I remember exactly where I was. I was driving down the Nature Parkway coming back to Evansville from Evan or coming back to Bowling Green from Evansville. And I just felt this immense amount of peace. I think I talked about this with Ryan on my podcast last month, but I felt this immense amount of peace, just like almost like whenever you are tucked into bed as a kid, like what that feeling of the sheets come, like I did, that's what I felt like. And I just, like God has been so faithful to us. And I, I pray that people that are listening to this can reflect on the ways in which God has been faithful to them this year too. Even if maybe you know, things have been harder. You know, maybe you I mean, we've yeah. all lost people. I mean, we've
1: lost. I mean we've, we've lost, lost my grandfather. Yeah. Um, you know, and I know many people who have lost loved ones this year and that's that's been hard. But, you know, even through it all I feel like even so, I mean, I, like, how cheesy is that, again, <laughs> to say, like, it is well with my soul, and it is well with us, and we know who we're living for, and we know, I just feel like we know so much more. At least I do. Like, so much about this year has been unexpected. I mean, and I feel like it's so easy to say, like, oh, you know, the pandemic, but so much other than that as well. And yet even more, I know who holds us and yeah. I know that he, that he's never going to leave us and he's never going to forsake us. And, and I feel like even in the times when <laughs> so much of this year, when I felt like I was forsaking him <laughs> and that I wasn't praying as much as I needed to be praying or, you know, even asking for those prayers. When I needed to. I know that he heard that. Yeah. And I know that he was working and he has been working. And
0: even when I don't see it. No, I mean, I love that lyric. Really, though,
1: like so much of the songs that we've sung this year in worship have just been, I feel like, written for me. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for God's reminders of his faithfulness through it all. And that even when our circumstances do not reflect that, his faithfulness is not dependent on us. It's not dependent upon the state of the world. It's not like none of this is a surprise to him. None of this is unexpected to him. He's not uncertain of anything. He's got this. And, you know, even though we have no idea what 2021 is going to hold, we have no idea what this fourth year of our marriage is going to hold. I know that he's got this.
0: Yeah.
1: And if we know the foundation that we stand upon, why do we have to worry about it? We don't. And like worrying about it is just a waste. Yeah. And that's coming from somebody who worries all the time. (laughs) Same. (laughs) So I don't know. I feel like I have felt God in a way this year that I never have when I felt like I was so close to him before. Yeah. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a great that's a great way to put it. I think when I look back at 2020, I, I think ultimately that it's going to be my biggest takeaway as well. It's just this year has been so, so hard, and I don't want to diminish how hard it has been, but I, I recently wrote an article that basically was trying to flip that narrative on its head because – I don't want people to just think of 2020 as this quote-unquote dumpster fire. I just keep seeing people talk about that. And it has been hard. Every year has been hard. But this year obviously has been significantly harder than probably most that we can remember. But if you're looking in the right places Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you're talking to the right people and you're listening to God, I hope that you can find the the beauty in some of what's happened this year. And there are blessings all over. And I like I said, there's people that have gone through things that I can't imagine. I have a a guy that I went to high school with that he lost both of his parents mm-hmm. in a car accident. And then just recently posted on Facebook that his grandfather passed away. So... You know, he's had, that's just one example. He's had an incredibly difficult year. And I don't know him all that well. Um, so I don't really know what his story is with all of that. But I know that there are people that have very similar stories. Uh, and I, I can't say that it's easy to go through anything or whatever. But I think there are still things that we can be grateful for. And there are things that we can say. God was working and God was using me in this season. And even if it's pain that has caused you to draw a higher or deeper reliance on God, that's something to be thankful for. Because I know for me, it's the seasons of deep, deep pain that have brought me to a much stronger relationship with Jesus. And that's something that I'm always going to be grateful for because I don't know if I would have done that without those as a catalyst. Yep. So that's what when I look back at 2020 that's the the biggest takeaway that I'm going to have is yes, it was hard. Yes, it was painful, but I came away hopefully so much stronger.
1: Yeah, and we survived. Yes. And survived. sometimes that's okay. Yes. I mean just just surviving is okay. Yeah. Even even like I said, even if you didn't accomplish the thing that you set out to accomplish, We've made it. Yeah. And that's something to celebrate.
0: Yeah. There's a term in sports, um, mostly used in the NCAA basketball tournament, but say a, a team barely wins. They don't play very well. They say survive in advance. Like you yeah. still survive and you advance. And so, yeah. you, know, you know, and it, it's always like, it doesn't matter if it, if it wasn't a pretty win. You won and you get to keep playing. And yeah. like for us, like <laughs> we made it through 2020 and we get to keep living in twenty twenty one. So with that said, what are some things that you're looking forward to the most? Oh gosh. Both in the next year itself, just the year twenty twenty one, but also in the next year of our marriage.
1: Oh my gosh, let's let's just go somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. Can we just get <laughs> on mean, a pl- we, we had to cancel a vacation go on in March? A plane?
1: Yeah. Like that sounds wonderful. Just to go somewhere and be reminded of how small we are. You know, because it's so easy to get wrapped up in, you know. Oh, here's our house, and here's seeing this, doing the same thing that that like mundane monotony of everyday life, and which is what we need right now, and that's fine. And like I said earlier, so grateful for our home and where we live, and the community that we have, and the family that we have, and everything. Would not want to trade that for anything. But I think there's also something to be said about getting out of your comfort zone and doing things like that. I mean, we do not have any travel plans for 2021 as of yet, obviously, because we
0: do have those we, Delta vouchers that we, we want to be realistic. March, and so. We
1: want to be realistic. When the clock strikes midnight, 2021 COVID's not going away. Yeah. So like, you know, I think we want to be cautiously optimistic. We would love to go somewhere over the summer, probably California. Um, so I'm just, I would just really look forward to that. Um, I don't know. What are you looking forward to? I think
0: that's probably the one thing because we didn't get to travel. We didn't get to go to any concerts this year, which is something that we...
1: <laughs> so sad. Lauren Daigle, I miss you. Yeah,
0: we, we missed out on a Lauren Daigle concert in March. Um, I was supposed to go to a Bears game with my dad in November. Um, we, we usually go to... At least one Christmas concert mm-hmm. in Nashville in December. We usually find another concert in the fall to go to. We just we, weren't able we to do Drew that. Drew and Nelly
1: Holcomb are listening to this. We miss you guys. <laughs>
0: yeah, Drew and Nelly Holcomb, Johnny Swim, Ben Rector. Just I know you guys were, were missing seeing us at your shows. We missed you guys as well. Okay. Uh, we'll catch you guys again at some point in 2021. But um, that was that's probably the I think just looking forward to going back to like the last show we went to was Ooh. Jake Triplett and oh gosh, and Trey I, Kennedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah doing comedy in Louisville. And that was literally the night of like March 13th when the NBA shut one of those days. It was like the night that the NBA shut down and everything started closing. And they, they did one other show before they had to cut their tour off too. And so we thankfully got to see that, that show, but that was the last like public event that we've really been to. So I, unless we we got, we went to see a, um, went to see Hocus Pocus at a local theater here like an old theater, and that was like the last little public thing that we've done like that. Yeah. That didn't really count. So I think that's another thing, going to movies.
1: Oh my gosh, I miss the movies so I'll, much.
0: I'm so sad. I miss the
1: movies so much. I just
0: saw an article the other day uh, from the Evansville Courier Press that said something about AMC has lost so much money this year that they may be in danger oh of closing my their gosh. theaters. yeah. And so I, I, I love movies and going to the movie theaters, especially when they have
1: those, those reclining
0: stadium t- style seats. And you just want your
1: popcorn too. I don't know why
0: they call them stadium seating. Whenever I've never been to any stadium that has no. seats. like that. No, but,
1: but it'll spoil you though. But it's
0: like I you could fall asleep in those chairs and they're so they're just so comfortable. So I miss movies. I miss just the the ability to like escape, yeah. which to me is what going to a sporting event does, which thankfully we've had well, that. Just entertainment. Just entertainment. Know. yeah. Like t- concerts I mean, whatever.
1: Like the it's it's almost like if you think about it the entertainment we've had has been like a cheap substitute. And I don't want to say like super grateful for Netflix, super grateful for, you know, like we, we live in a very privileged society. Like let's think about having a pandemic in 1918. What were they doing? Reading and farming, I don't know, Baseball. what else? I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Like we have plenty of things to yeah. keep us entertained. Like yeah. we have nothing to complain about in that in that way. But when it comes to entertainment you know so much of that is the experience of like just being around other people and gathering for a collective purpose and you know it's like oh we're all here because we love this person we love this artist we love this we're all here because we love this kind of movie you know we're all here because we want to to do this thing and I think that's just a special thing that we just can't experience right now and so that's I think something we've all had to kind of mourn and grieve over as well. But I think we're hopefully, you know, keeping that hope that that will become alive again in yeah. 2021 is something to look forward to.
0: Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Anything we left out that we didn't talk about reflecting on this year? I'm sure there's a lot, but anything I, that sticks uh, out to you that we haven't talked about?
1: Not that I can think of.
0: So then I'll ask you the final question, okay. you have done really well, I think, at creating a Sabbath for yourself and creating oh. rhythms so
1: what are what are
0: some things that you have done to maintain a life without hurry on certain days like obviously so some, say, I
1: don't think I have a life of no well, hurry, some but...
0: some days are busy for you, obviously, but you do really well at unplugging on Sundays. you don't get on social media um some days you, you forget. <laughs> Sometimes. That. But most of the days you, you do really well about just saying, hey, I'm not even doing the dishes on Sunday. I'm not doing this. That's what right. what have you found to be like the disciplines that have helped you make that more of a habit than just something that we do once a month?
1: See, I struggle with not being in a hurry, not because I am bouncing off the walls or anything like that. I don't have that kind of personality, but my mind is that way. And so, you know, slowing your body down helps slow your mind down. So, for me, Sabbath is super important, you know, having a day of rest and like Cole said, sometimes I take the day off from my phone. Other days I don't. Um I try to be diligent about that, but sometimes it's hard. Um so, trying to create some distance from technology is helpful whether that's putting my phone in another room, or, you know, putting on Do Not Disturb or something like that. Um, I, one of my favorite people in the world is Annie F. Downs. And she talks a lot about Sabbath, about having a weekly Sabbath routine. And she talks about resting and worshiping. And so does John Mark Comer, another one of our favorite authors. And that's what Sabbath really is supposed to be. It's like, are you resting or are you worshiping? And so for me, my Sabbath is Sundays. And so... You know, we generally go to church on Sundays, and then I can't really nap, so I don't nap. So rest isn't necessarily sleeping, but rest is just slowing my mind down. So if that's taking a walk, then it's taking a walk. If it's reading a novel that I've wanted to read all week, it's, you know, digging into my novel for some hours that I normally don't have throughout the week. It's trying really hard not to touch the dishes and to fix things around the house (laughs) that I do every day Um, and just kind of be still, a little bit more still than I normally am on a day-to-day basis. And that's pretty hard for me because that's not my personality, so I have to fight that. But I think, you know, that is a commandment. That is something that the Lord wants for us. And so if He can rest, I think we can too.
0: Yeah, it's good. Well, Emily, thank you so much for coming on here again. This thank is fun. you for
1: coming on here. You're on right. My podcast. You're right. I
0: was <laughs> I was apparently the guest.
1: Yes, I'm so honored to, to have you on here today.
0: If people do want to follow you on social media, you're not on Twitter. You are on your account oh, is still. Nobody active. wants to
1: see me on Twitter.
0: She hasn't tweeted since like 2017, but yeah,
1: because Twitter But
0: Emily's big on Instagram. At Emily Claiborne. You can find her there.
1: I think I'm the only Emily Claiborne, also. So it's really easy for me. Pretty awesome. There you go. Yeah.
0: So give her a follow and let her know that you enjoyed hearing her and her wisdom this week. But happy anniversary, Emily. Thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts on 2020. Those of you that are listening, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, kind of this recap of 2020 through our eyes a little bit. And we'll be back doing this again next year too. I just love her so much. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and joining my wife and I as we celebrate three years of marriage and just sort of reflect on 2020 and the different seasons that we went through this year. This week is Christmas and I really hope that you guys can spend some time with the people in your life that you love the most, whether that's family, whether that's friends, whoever it is, find time to be with people that you love. As we've seen this year, we don't know when it might be when we could see those people again. So cherish the time that you have with the people that you love and take some time to relax and really just allow yourself, especially during what is typically a busy season with Christmas and New Year's, Just allow yourself to slow down. Enjoy a slow night with friends and family, loved ones, watching a Christmas movie or just enjoying the fire in the fireplace. Whatever it is that you do during this season to unwind and relax, just do it and enjoy it. And I will do the same. Thank you guys again for joining me and I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas. We will see you back here next Monday. Have a great week.